back when I started the Twilight Zone network a few years ago now, my goal was that it would be a website that would host the Twilight Zone podcast and the Night Gallery podcast, but also that I would catalogue and review all that other Twilight Zone material out there, mainly the books. There are a lot of books out there, both about the Twilight Zone and with stories in the style of the Twilight Zone, and any other thing that that came along. It was going to be a kind of Twilight Zone uh, Bible, if you will, that anything that came out would go on it, and people could go there and see, you know, what we thought of it. Obviously things changed and it never quite really worked out that way and that's why we uh, changed the website a little and we're on the website that we're on now. But it occurred to me that there are things that come out with the Twilight Zone that I would like to review and instead of sitting and and writing reviews and putting them on the website because that's not really what it's designed for anymore, I would just do quick audio reviews. So that's what I've decided to do. Now, these aren't as a replacement for the regular Twilight Zone podcasts. They're a little extra. They won't be taking the place of those because these will be quick and easy. It will just be very off-the-cuff and unscripted uh, thoughts and opinions on whatever it is I'll be reviewing. So they'll come out from time to time. It'll be a very occasional thing. So back in the days of the Twilight Zone network, there was an announcement from a company called Legacy that they were working on a Twilight Zone game for the PC. At the time, I was quite excited about this. I mean, what form would a Twilight Zone game take? It's a difficult one, you know, because it's an anthology. But there are certain things you can latch on to, and it it could possibly be an adventure-type game. Now, this company, Legacy, had a track record of other games, and I looked at their history, and there was one for Murder, She Wrote. So, I was a little sceptical in that regard, because it's not exactly the game's choice, but maybe they just did things in a different way. So, I thought, you know, I'll go with it. Let's see what they've, uh, let's see what they've got. And I actually did interview uh, the guy responsible for the production of the game at the time, but there weren't many details, so it wasn't really uh, possible to get that much about what's going on. But we spoke about a few things, you know, are you going to get someone to impersonate Rod Sailing and have voiceover, that sort of thing. At the time, they said that they probably would, uh, but I think things have probably changed now. So this game came out in September of last year, and to be honest, it, it completely passed me by. I didn't realise it came out at all, but then I had a thought today and thought, well, you know, I will uh, I will check it out, let's see where they're up to, and lo and behold, it, it did come out in September last year. Now, you can go to the Legacy website, amongst other places, and download the game directly, and it costs about £5.50 UK money, so you're probably 7 or $8 US money, and you can get it straight away, so... There it is, I thought, you know, for £5.50 I'll give it a shot. But it's also setting alarm bells ringing, you know. How often do you get a game for £5.50 these days if you're buying a quality new release? You're talking in excess of £20, £30, that sort of thing. So, yeah, a couple of alarm bells ringing still, but I thought I'd go with it, give it a shot. 
Now, when the game starts out, it sets the scene with you have a sort of first-person perspective in a room, a, a bedroom, and unexpectedly things start to catch fire and chaos is kind of going on in the room and wherever you turn more things catch fire and then suddenly a door appears and when you go through that door you are presented with you know the the sky in a very twilight zone-esque way and there's a ton of doors floating out in space I actually quite like this image, you know, it's obviously taken from that image that we know of the Twilight Zone. You know, we unlock this door with the key to imagination and so on. And someone described to me once the Twilight Zone as a multiverse, because obviously there's no continuity between episodes, so it is like a multiverse. And I like that, I like that idea that there is some common element there. So we're presented with all of space with all these doors. So far, so good. But then the game begins and you are presented with a board and there is a girl sort of introducing you to the game and how to play the game. Now basically what it is, you will go to certain locations by pointing and clicking on them. It might be a spaceship or it might be a farmhouse or and so on. So let's say you go to the spaceship and it will present you with a static view of a room. And then it will tell you you need to find these things. You need to find, say, a cup, a lunchbox, an umbrella, a spanner, these kinds of things. So you sit there looking at this static view of this room with things in it, and you use your mouse. Oh, there's the spanner. I'll click that, and you click on the spanner. And then, you know, once you've collected all those things, then you have completed that level. And there's a, a replay element to it as well. I won't go too much into detail, but you might go back to it as well. And the further you get, you get new locations and so on. Now, full disclosure, I didn't play it from beginning to end. Um, I've played probably about half the game because, quite frankly, I found it a very frustrating experience. You know, I look for my car keys every day before I leave the house. I don't want to sit at a computer looking for meaningless objects on a computer screen. But I understand that obviously these games exist, so someone must enjoy it. I mean, I have got family members who have played a similar game called A Different Thing, and to them it's sort of like doing a jigsaw puzzle or something, that kind of, you know, you sit, you take time out, and you play a simple game, or you complete a jigsaw puzzle. So, okay... It's not for me, but it might be for other people. I guess the only other consideration is how Twilight Zone-esque it is. Well, it opens with the Twilight Zone music. That opening scene I thought was very well done and sort of thrust you into the Twilight Zone in a good way, so I like that. But then after that, there are things that are hinted at and there are characters in the game who again just appear in these static forms that you click on and it might just be like, I mean, I'll illustrate it for you. There's a character in there called Government Agent and he's that character from Third from the Sun. I can't remember his name. Uh, the guy with the glasses who is the sort of slimy government guy. So he's in it, but he's called Government Agent. Obviously that character's got a name, so this is a Twilight Zone game. Why they're not calling it by his real name, I don't know. But the likenesses aren't 
that great. Now I understand there might be cost issues with that. You know, when they released uh, the Twilight Zone pinball in a digital version, they had to raise money because there was a lot of money that had to be paid for likenesses and rights to certain things that were on the table. So maybe that's an issue. But there's a there's a level on it called The Invader's House, and it's obviously from the episode The Invaders, where the small aliens terrorise the woman. So we've got a static scene of The Invader's House, and there's a couple of little aliens dotted around. They don't move or anything, they just stand there. And they don't look like the ones from The Invaders. So, again... I don't see the point in it being a Twilight Zone game if it's not reminding you of the Twilight Zone apart from in very, very minor ways. You know, it's all in colour as well, so it doesn't really fit with an old Twilight Zone episode. So, you know, I'm sitting there playing this frustrating little game um, going through and it's not even sort of filling me with Twilight Zone nostalgia. There's, the items you're looking for aren't Twilight Zone items, they are... Like I say, a lunchbox, a spanner. And there's times when you can't even tell that, the, you know, you might... There's, for example, there's one where you're looking for a lunchbox and the thing looks nothing like a lunchbox. So for me, it's just an exercise in frustration rather than anything else. The Twilight Zone elements to it are vague to the point of being pointless. There's no rod sailing, unless he comes later on in the game, which I very much doubt... There's no rod sailing, um, so there's no guide in that sense. There's a female guide on the on the game. I'm not sure who she's supposed to be, but I would imagine the logical thing would be that the guide would be rod sailing, but it isn't. So, unfortunately, you know, I know for a £5 game, you're not going to get cutting-edge games, but it just seems to me to be quite a pointless exercise, not particularly Twilight Zone-esque. And uh, a waste of my £5, to be honest. I didn't get a review copy. I bought it myself, which is fine. Even if I did get a review copy, then the result would have been the same. So, unfortunately, you know, there is still yet to be a decent Twilight Zone game. And I'm sorry that my first review has, has to be so negative, but that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes sometimes when you're reviewing stuff. But like I say, some people like that style of game, or otherwise they wouldn't be making it. So if that's your thing, then maybe you'll get a kick out of it, looking for the Twilight Zone-ness that is actually there. But I'll leave it with that for now, and, uh, and I will see you next time when we look at Eye of the Beholder. Bye-bye.